and welcome back to C Red UK, where quite simply it's Chicago Bullsing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell, give us a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I've been better. I've certainly been better prepared. Um, this this uh, podcast almost didn't happen, but um, I just decided I'd wing it, run to work uh, a little bit early and uh, and just get it done from here. So hence why I don't have my usual background. Yeah, um, obviously we did say on Tuesday that we'd be doing an episode today and then today's just gone to chaos. Yeah. But as we say... Look at where it is. Embrace the chaos. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I guess we'll get on with it because I know we're both a little bit short on time. Yeah. The latest news, and we're going to start not technically with the Bulls. We mm. said on the last episode before we threw it to the conversation we're here is that we wanted the Dame trade to just be done. Yeah. Uh, I did sort of throw in there that books had become a I'd seen somewhere that books were a possibility didn't really think much of it and uh, as it was last night Dame ends up a book yeah uh, initial thoughts were wow yeah it was a pretty big trade and then when I thought about it 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 doesn't bother me that much I'm glad that he's gone somewhere like Milwaukee rather than Toronto or Miami. Yeah. Because as other podcasters and that have already said, we're not competing with books. We weren't competing with books last year. We weren't mm-hmm. going to compete with, comp- yeah, compete with them this year. Teams we were competing with, Toronto, Miami, they looked horrible on paper we've got better they've got worse if anything so to me there's two places that we've jumped add nets mm-hmm. into that there's another place we've jumped on paper um i'm gonna say it hashtag continuity you, you know, have to start like that don't you you know just just <laughs> lower the tone of the whole conversation straight away <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go into the full details of the trade because I'm sure everybody's already seen it and picked it apart and seen who's gone where and all that. But I know you're personally excited by it because you, um, <laughs> you're you going to Orlando in a few weeks and books tickets to a certain game in Orlando. Yeah, um, it's just been pure potluck. I didn't have any inside information or anything, don't worry. Um <laughs> just basically um, going with the family. My daughter has got quite big into basketball over the last year and she wanted to go to a game. So, of course, I wasn't going to argue with that. Unfortunately, the Bulls aren't in town while we're there. Um, But I kind of listed out the teams that were and said, look, pick a game and we'll go to it. So she picked the Lakers. So I vetoed that um, because, you know, it's the Lakers. Um, Although I was curious to actually get to see LeBron in person. I just couldn't do it to myself uh, when I saw the price of the tickets as well. It was just like, yeah, that ain't happening. (laughs) So... The next one she picked was the Bucks. She said she'd like to see Yanis play. And I said, I'd like to help some abuse uh, at Grayson Allen, which obviously won't be happening anymore. Um, but we will get to see Dame time. So um, looking forward to, to getting to see Dame and Yanis in person. Yeah. So obviously I know you've uh, you'd not been behind, but took a little while to catch up. What's your thoughts on the trade now? It's, now it's yeah. Yeah, I was at training last night. Well, I was on my way to training when it broke um, and didn't get really much of a chance to to look into it. Just the flashes that were coming up on my phone. So it was killing me for about two hours because I couldn't I couldn't actually go and start tra- tracing back on it. And by the time I did, there was, everything had just lit up. Uh, it took me absolutely ages to catch up on everything that had gone down. But um, yeah, like yourself, initially it was shocking. Uh, I didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't expect it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really move the needle on anything for the Bulls. Obviously, it does for the East, it does for the Bucks, pretty much does for the NBA. But from a Bulls perspective, 
we didn't really look at the Bucks as a team that we could beat on the regular anyway. Uh, and now we certainly don't look at them as a team we can beat on the regular. Um, you know, they've lost a little bit of talent too. Obviously, you have to give something up to get something back like Dame. So, you know, Drew Holiday is gone and, and Grayson uh, Allen is gone as well. Sorry, that's stuck in my throat. Um, so, so they have lost a little bit of a, a little bit of an edge maybe on that side of it, um, certainly defensively. But, you know, I mean, you're adding Dame Lillard to your team and you're standing in next to Giannis. So they're obviously going to be a force to reckon with. Um, but like you say, that middle of the pack group, uh, particularly Miami, who kind of set themselves up to be in a position to take on Dame, they don't look too good now for a team that got all the way, last, uh, or almost all the way, should I say, last season, um, which is something I'm sure you're devastated about being such a huge Heat <laughs> fan and Jimmy Butler fan. Um, on that, actually, did you see the sour grapes from Jimmy? Yeah. Tampering. Yeah. Because Miami don't tamper. <laughs> kind of lower it. Yeah, I, I think he, he just feels maybe a bit blindsided and um, and just voiced his opinion too, too soon without thinking about it, really. Yeah, because he's now got to play 65 games next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's all going wrong it. for him. I think in, is it 13 years in the league, he's played 65 games or more five times. There you go. So, yeah, F you, Jimmy. Um, anyway, <laughs> on to the next bit <laughs> before we uh, go yep. down that. Didn't. As you just mentioned, one of the pieces that moved is Drew Holiday. Yes. And straight away, it comes out that Portland are going to look at trading him. So, yeah. Bulls Nation being Bulls Nation, mm-hmm. we forget him. And, I mean, there's a bit more come out today that apparently Bulls are one of the uh, six teams on his radar, including, um, obviously, Miami, Sixers, somewhere else is where I can't remember. Mm. Not really that interested, to be fair. Um, But, yeah, obviously, the one team on that list was Chicago. And... Look, I've got nothing against Drew Holiday. I'd I'd love no. him to be a bull, you know, but I just can't see it happening. We haven't got the, the capabilities to get him. I don't think, you know, it, we haven't got the the assets to to give mm-hmm. up. You know, anybody who's saying, "Oh, we'll sort of move Demar for him," why you if you want him, you want him to be with Demar and Zach. Mm-hmm. So then you go down a lot of people saying move P will. Fine, fair enough. But Dame's on at Dame. Drew's on thirty five mil. P Will's on what about ten mil? I can't remember what yeah. his contract is off the top of my head. So then they're saying throw the Lonzo deal in. Right, well that's still thirty mil ish. So you've still got to add more into it, obviously, yeah, give them the pick back that we've got from him. People seem to forget how trades work, and both teams have got to want it to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's who's saying that Portland are going to want twenty million that they can't use? You know what I mean? It, it's just the trade machines are saying it, Matt. The trade machines. <laughs> uh, some of the trades that are going around was it? We give up Demar, Drummond, and somebody else, and, and probably mm. people in that trade as well. And you just think that's fine. We've got we've got Drew Holiday. We've got ten guards and no big. <laughs> you know, that's the just... thing. I think I text that to you today. I was like, yeah, no, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. You know, we give up P. Will, maybe Drummond as well to make it work a little bit, and uh, and we take on Drew Holiday. Uh, we don't we don't need to worry about the fact that that leaves us with like one and a half at the four and one at the five and you know 12 players at the one and two i mean it's just we don't have a place for him and unless we were able to shed two or three guards at least plus cash considerations or whatever else picks in the future um it doesn't make sense to bring in 
another guard, no matter how high the quality level is, unless you're going to shed at that area and not take away from an already thin position. Yeah, I mean, people say him throw Io in there. Io can't be moved until December. Right. Could be moved till until December. Right. Vuk can't be moved until December. So we've literally got P. Will and Lonzo, Dalen. Portland don't want them. Possibly yeah. P. Will they'd want, you know, because they might see him as a somebody they can actually develop. But no, and like I say, I've got nothing against Drew Holiday, and I would love him in Chicago. You know, obviously, alongside Caruso, you've got the one and two from NBA's first, well, all team first defense there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. From last year. So, not many teams are going to score on us, but we don't need to improve defensively anyway. No. We're a top five defense. It's offense where we need to improve. And, all right, yeah, he's a solid three point shooter. We've just brought in Javon Carter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It, it just doesn't make sense. It's obviously these reporters that speak to execs and agents and all that sort of stuff, throwing it out there. And as I said the other day, they put Bull's name in because it adds some clout to it. Yeah. You know, and look, media days next week, training camps next week. AK doesn't make moves when he's meant to make moves. He's really going to make a move four or five days before training camp starts. As mm-hmm. I said, hashtag continuity. There you go again. Yep. Uh, on that note, um, Demar Rosen had an interesting piece with, I think his name was Mike Medina of, I can't remember, the Sports Kido or something like that. Yeah, Sports Kida. Uh, Never heard of it. No, I've seen it float around a few times, but I don't pay attention until there's something worth paying attention to. And yeah, I mean, the two things that I really took away from this is Demar's bringing a book out, and I can't wait for that. I need to get mm-hmm. that. And he's doing a little TV docuseries, Dinners with Demar. They're the two mm-hmm. bits that I most took away from it because to me, the rest of it is what you expect him to say. Apart from, obviously, people who are asking for the rebuild don't understand basketball. That was maybe a little bit of a, a dig. But the other bit that I liked was, well, kind of liked, is he wants to be at Bulls for the rest of his career. Right. Now, Again, I think it's just your typical media sort of answer in it. He's not going to say, yeah. trade me. You know, he's <laughs> basically Eversley's come out and said that he wants Demar, and Demar said the feelings reciprocated. He wants to stay in mm-hmm. Chicago. It's where he feels home, and it's where he wants to end his career. So I guess the question I've got for you is, would you be happy with Demar finishing his career as a bull? Yeah, I wouldn't actually have too much of an issue with it, but it would have to be under the provision of um, him being prepared to take a step back slightly as his career hits more of the twilight seasons. Um, You know, okay, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be capable of playing the way he plays. Like I've said on many occasions, I think that his game is going to age very gracefully. But the problem is as we've said also in the past and and other people have also expressed the way DeMar plays and and clogs up the pain, it is not necessarily conducive to a developing squad. So if DeMar keeps slowing the game down, if DeMar keeps clogging up the pain um, the way he he does, and he is absolutely exceptional at it, let me just add that. But if he, if he does continue to do that for the next two, three, four years, however long he, he stays on before he retires, the problem with that is the likes of Kobe and P. Will and Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips and, and Justin Lewis. Did I get the names right way around? Um, they, yeah, <laughs> they aren't going to have, uh, even Io, they aren't going to have the opportunity to develop their games in the same way that they would if DeMar took more of a kind of role like he took in San Antonio, which is more of a, 
um, a facilitating kind of a role and more of a mentor type of a role. And, and that's kind of where I'd like to see he, him take his game if he remains with the Bulls, which, like I say, I've got no issue with it. He's an absolutely top quality player. Yeah, I mean, my sort of worry with it is, is the more I see of Demar and the more I read about Demar and, you know, when he goes on podcasts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the more I fall in love with him as a player. Do you know what I mean? It, I've gone from not wanting him to be traded, but he's that asset that I would trade, to now thinking, yeah, I'd be happy for him to stay. But everything you've just said there is is what worries me. Do you know what I mean? It is mm-hmm. is him staying going to be detrimental to the development of the Bulls? You know, he needs to, like you said, take that step back a little bit. And we've seen what he's like as a mentor, but he's got to mentor him on the court now. That's right. the thing. And he's got to allow the likes of P. Will and eventually Dale and to, to be able to progress. And obviously the way he tends to play the game looks like it's stopping him. I'm not saying it is, but it's it's obviously going to have an effect. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. And that's where it goes back to what I've said about Javon Carter. If he can be the, the guy that takes the ball out with DeMar's hands, as we saw with Pat Bev back end of last season, DeMar becomes a better player for it. Mm-hmm. Other players become better players for it. Zach mainly, you know, potentially he will, you know, and that's why to me, I mean, we're going to talk about P will next week, but if P will goes in that second unit, then Tory Craig's not the sort of player that needs the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want the ball to go into Tory Craig's hands like we want the ball to go into P will's hands, you know, and. So if it does get stuck at Demar, or it does go the other way, to towards Zach or wherever, to me that's not an issue. But yeah, I mean, obviously the other thing was uh, with Demar is money. Mm. You know, I mean, what's he on twenty eight mil at the minute? How much is he going to be looking for for the next what maybe another three year deal, something like that? Yeah. I, I, that's a big question, and you know, you would expect he'd be looking for a nice, a nice contract. Um, it's probably going to be his final contract, potentially. Um, but I think we've discussed this previously, and kind of said that I'd be comfortable with him getting a two-year contract with a third-year possible uh, team option. Yeah. Um, but they may have to sweeten that deal with the player option. I don't know. Um, but again, it depends on the value of, of the contract altogether. Yeah. And I mean, there's a question that I was going to ask you before. And it's a question I'd like to ask Bulls Nation in general, really. But all these times when we're looking at these trades or oh, we want Demar to go, we want Zach to go, we want Vooch to go, blah, blah, blah. If them players had spent the last three, four years somewhere else in the league, whether it's Lakers, I don't know, Warriors, Sixers, wherever it happened to be, Spurs, and they were putting up the sort of numbers and the sort of stuff as they do, obviously on paper, would you want, and it come out, oh, Bulls are interested in DeMar DeRozan, would you say, yeah, I'm all up for that? Would you want him but- on the well, all, all, you, all you need to do to get an honest answer from me on that one is to look back how I felt about it when we did sign Demar, and yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we we were certainly lacking talent, and we certainly got talent from Demar. I mean, look at what he gave us in his first season; it was incredible. I mean, it was I think it was even his best season in the NBA, and mm-hmm. and it was at that stage of his career in his first year with the Chicago Bulls. Um, he's an absolute talent. I mean, what is he, number 25 in scoring All-NBA? Uh, 39. 39? Oh, okay, I'm a good bit off. But still, it's still it's incredibly high. Well, the thing um, is, it's uh, not that far behind Steph Curry. You know, and okay. they were drafted in the same year as well. I know Steph's had his injury concerns, whereas Zach, Zach Demar hasn't, but, mm-hmm. you know, 
for somebody who doesn't shoot the three. Yeah, I mean, he puts them up two at a time, but then he gets one to go with it a lot of the time. Um, and that again, way. that's something else we've spoken about in the past. You know, okay, Demar. A lot of people want Demar to shoot the three, um, and he he does, and he's actually not a bad three point shooter, but he gets most of his points in the paint. But with that little fake and um, that he does, that little pump fake, and the way he can kind of sell it he tends to get to the stripe an awful lot too and, and he shoots well from the line as well so i mean he picks up three points that way a lot of the time yeah so i think it's obviously we would both be happy to see demar stay basically yeah i mean in the right if the way. right deal came up to move him obviously i'd be on for that too i mean i'm not totally sold on keeping demar forever but at the same time you're telling me he wants to stay with the bulls and, and the bulls want to keep him yeah i, I can get on board yeah, and obviously also yesterday, before we get into our predictions for players, there was an interview, um, AK and Eversley went on, was it 670 the score? Yeah. Obviously the radio over in Chicago. No, it's not something we've been able to listen to. We've seen the little snippets of where other yeah. people have, you know, broke it down. And again... It's the typical answers you expect from AK, really. Eversley maybe opens up a little bit more. And for mm -hmm. me, the, the one interesting bit was when Eversley said, in their exit interviews, the players said they didn't feel like a team. And that was obviously back end of last year, or end of last season. And to me, that's a worry when they're preaching this run it back continuity, all that sort of stuff. You know, obviously, yeah, they've added Javon Carter and Tory Craig into that. But it's obviously that doesn't mean they don't like each other as people, <laughs> as players or whatever. Yeah. But to me it's a worry. Why, you know, if that's what the players are saying, what is it that's making them feel like that? You know, right. it, it's just, yeah. That was the main main comment that stood out to me. Um, I, mean, I don't know what you meant mm. for that one. Yeah, no, I, I actually listened to the first maybe 10 minutes of the interview, um, but I didn't get to finish it. And I've obviously seen the breakdowns. And that's something that, that struck me straight away as well. Um, because it, it's not sold that way um, on social media anyway. Do you know, it, it's kind of always been pushed that they're doing things together and they're spending time together and they come to Chicago early and they all go off with DeMar and do this training during the summer. And and then for uh, for Mark Eversley to throw a bit of a bomb out there uh, along the lines of actually we didn't think that they, they sounded and, and felt like a team, it's a bit of a concern really. Um, because how you're expected to play like a team if you don't feel like you're in it together is beyond me, mm. you know, that's what makes up a team. So I'm glad to see it's something that they're trying to address if it is an issue. And, and let's hope that this little trip down to Nashville is as much of an answer as they seem to think it is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, to me, there was nothing else that really stood out, you know, the typical right training camps an opportunity for Javon Carter, Kobe White and Ayodesumu to compete for the starting point guard role. We right. know that. <laughs> you know, tell us. Surely every role is like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, obviously, the the interview soon got swept away because of the, the bit of Dame trade. So mm. you know, it kind of. I don't know whether a lot of Bulls fans have kind of missed it because all of a sudden it was social media was overtook with that or what, but. I mean, yeah. was there anything else from it that stood out to you? Um, just that they mentioned again and they um, they doubled down on uh, the shot profile. Yeah. And that they really want to work on making sure that they don't create this deficit for themselves going into games because if they're not putting up enough shots, particularly from the three, um, immediately just doing the math of it all, they are 
behind. They're in a deficit against pretty much every team they play against. So that's something that they want to see change, which, you know, theoretically by bringing in Javon Carter and Tari Gray, they are addressing that and they are trying to address that. So um, we'll see how that pans out too. Yeah, I mean, there was the fact that they said that we're nearly there. Mm -hmm. I think AK said there was like 19 games where it was a buzzer beater or we'd -hmm. thrown away a double-digit lead or whatever it was. And it's like, that's a lot of games though. You know, that, it is a lot of games. Nearly a quarter of the amount of regular season games that we play. You know, it, and yeah, hopefully they've done enough to address that. But I guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks in pre season. It's getting close. And obviously, our first pre season game is against the Bucks and possibly Yanis and um, him. We'll get a bit. Yeah, of... there's been no actual official uh, start date for Dame, has there? No, I mean they're already selling his jerseys. I've seen that. Of course they are. <laughs> but you know, when do you want me to pick you one, one up, Matt? I'm good. Ta. You sure? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Although have the, the, you heard the nickname? What they're giving to? Um, obviously, what's going on in Milwaukee now? No. Obviously, you've got the Greek freak and Dame yeah. Time. So yeah, there's gonna be a bit of. It don't quite work to me, but freak time. I'd rather call it freaky time. But well, <laughs> you know that's a whole other story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you get up to in your own personal time, I love you. <laughs> so on that one, I'll send it to the ad read. Um, obviously, as you know, oh, Neil's fell over. We're um. We're partnered with USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK and European-based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for fans for, uh, from everywhere. Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and at usasports.co.uk. And for 15% off... Enter the code CRedUK at checkout. So, we are trying to get through these predictions. And we're, uh, first two, we're going to pretty much skip over because I don't think there's a lot to say about either of them. Uh, the first one, Adama Sonogo. Now, as we've said with all these sort of players... Hard to predict when you haven't seen them play, or the only bit you have seen yeah. from a league. Um, I like, didn't like the look of Sonogo, then I did like the look of him. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's not NBA ready, needs a bit of work, but potentially offers something that Bulls could need if he gets plugged in. Yeah. You know, because he was very dangerous around the rim. I thought, mm-hmm. uh, defensively and offensively in summer league. Obviously, he's got to hone that down with Windy City on the two-way. Personally, don't see him getting an, a lot, if any, minutes with Bulls. Um, yeah. The main roster. As we say with all of them, bit of garbage time. So, I think, for me, with Sonogo... I'm just going to go ungradable just because we don't yeah. see enough of him. Yeah, um, I, I'm the same as yourself. I mean, I, I, when we watched him playing in the, in the Summer League, the first game, it, you know, I made the same joke at the time that, that Big Dave made when he was on, on our pod, which was, it's a no-go. Uh, you know, he he's just needs to sit down. He's not got a place. Um but then he kind of he proved me wrong. He bounced back in in the next game, and he actually proved himself to be quite quite strong, quite dangerous in the paint, particularly getting rebounds. Um, he's well able to kind of throw his size around a little bit and get himself into a good position. But um, outside of that, I've I've yet to see too much more that I like. But however, that is something that we need. So. Um, I'm going to give him ungraded as well. We just don't know and haven't seen enough of him. Um, but uh, 
I don't, in regards to how much time he's going to get, I don't really know what he'll see on the floor. Um, I think it might take an injury, touch wood, we don't see one, um, to bring him in um, for anything other than mop-up minutes. Yeah, and obviously, as we know, we've got plenty of depth in that position anyway. <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, yeah, next player, Terry Taylor, the last one to sign as a bull on this current mm-hmm. roster. As we said at the time, or I said anyway, I like him. You know, I like to come down at Windy City. I like the little mm-hmm. bit of minutes that he got with the regular bulls. You know, undersized slightly for his position, but he rebounds like a lot bigger than he is. Is he seems to have a very high sort of IQ for his position as well, quite good movement and stuff like that. And he dominated down with Windy City in the games he was playing. I know it's the G League, but you know he can. I think he's got he's got something there, and he's he's got that little bit of NBA experience as well from his time with Pacers. Um, but he's end of bench for a reason, and on a very team friendly deal for a reason. Mm-hmm. I personally don't see him finishing the season with the Bulls. Ooh, hot take. Yeah, I just... I mean, the fact that he was initially offered the two-way and then all of a sudden we've converted it, it was. It seems like a bit of a panic signing, shall we say, when there was possibly other options out there that would have cost Jerry a little bit too much, shall we say. Hmm. Um... And I just think, like between him and Carlick, they don't offer enough, but they offer a way of getting somebody else in, possibly. Yeah, Whether yeah, absolutely. One of the, the exceptions we've got or whatever it is. So, I'm going to grade him if he does stay for the season, but I don't think he does. So, I'm just going to give him a D. I think if, he, if we see him, It'll excite the fans enough where it's like, why are we playing him more? Yeah. But I just don't think it's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I find it very hard to to put grades on these players that we really don't know um, because we haven't seen enough minutes. Um, So I I have Terry down as ungraded as well. Um, for very similar reasons to we discussed with Snogo, um, I think he he does have the uh, the ability to provide us with something that we need. He does have the ability to um, to gain minutes uh, potentially on the floor, but I just don't think Billy gives him those minutes. Um, so there we go. I mean, quick flex when he did actually sign, he uh, he liked our tweet of it. There you go. <laughs> so, He's our guy. As I was say, forever my guy now. <laughs> Wherever he ends up. <laughs> yeah. And the last player for today, obviously we are mm. trying to get done. Uh, we'll spend a bit more time on this one. And it's if anyone's seen the, the thumbnail and the stuff like that, it's who it's about. And it is Nikola Vucevic. Hmm. Now, I've been quite critical of Vooch in the past. (laughs) Right, here we go. Humble pie. Yeah, but I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. Right. I did say at various times last year, he still frustrates me. Um, But... I think the frustration is aimed at the way Bulls play him rather than at Vooch himself. And that's kind of what I've learned over time. You know, I think initially I did what really annoys me with people. I was following the narrative. I was listening to people on social media that were slating him and just 
basically going along with it rather than forming my own opinion on him. Um, but when you asked that question the other week or the other month, whenever it was, who do I see as the most important person on the roster or the most important player on the roster? Not the best player, the most important. Right. And my answer, because you kind of threw it at me, was Javon Carter. And then, so obviously sat back and thought about it, and I think it was probably the next day when I messaged you and said, it's not, it's Vooch. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I say that is because we can't replace him. What he brings to this team, we can't replace. Not with the right. rest of them. If Zach goes down for a few games, yeah, it hurts the team, but you can put Kobe or somebody in there like that. If Demar goes down, again, it hurts the team, but P. Will can slip to that position, Caruso can go there, whatever. You know, so they can be replaced. If Vooch goes down, okay, Drummond steps up, which doesn't bother me in the slightest, but Drummond doesn't offer what Vooch offers. You know, 82 games, 50-something double-doubles. You know, consistency, reliability, stuff like that. You know, as we know with Drummond, it's all about embrace the chaos. There isn't any chaos with Vooch. No. Might come across as a little bit boring, but he's just Mr. Reliable, isn't he? You know, it's just... And obviously we've seen FIBA World Cup, what he can do when he's played in a different way. Right. You know, he dominated against Team USA. He was getting double-doubles. He was basically Montenegro's main man. And I think they maybe overpaid slightly for him. I think that, again, was a panic re-signing of we're going to give you this money because we don't want anybody else to give you it. But mm-hmm. was there anybody actually else actually offering him any money? Don't know. Um, but as we said at the time, we had to re-sign him because yep. there was nobody else out there in the league that we could have got that does what Vooch offers. No. And like I said, I don't believe he's the best player on the team but he is the most important. And yeah. I think a lot of Bulls Nation now are coming back around to that because the hate seems to have dropped a little bit, but he's still, I think he's still always going to be the scapegoat for when Bulls don't play well. But how many times did I say to you last year, if Vooch is playing well, Bulls are playing well. If Vooch is playing bad, Bulls are going to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily a case of Vooch playing bad, it's Vooch not being involved. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'll uh, let you have your say on Mr Vucevic. Yeah, well, I think, as you as you know, and anyone that does decide to join us in the live threads during the games know um, I'm all about good Vooch, bad Vooch, right? Um, when we see good Vooch, like you say, it, it affects the game in a positive way for the Bulls. Um, doesn't necessarily guarantee a win, but it certainly guarantees a more competitive effort. Um, we see bad Vooch, um, and by bad Vooch, I mean missing bunnies, uh, not getting touches, hovering around the three-point line. Um, when we see that Vooch, it doesn't tend to bode well for not just the result of the game, but it doesn't bode well for how the Bulls look. Um, I think any game that we started over the last two, three years with Vooch, where the ball starts off being fed into him, um, it tends to go a lot better and, and it starts the game on the right foot. What's great about Vooch is he has a high IQ for a, for a big man. He reads the game well and he's a very solid passer of the ball. So when the ball comes into him, he can hold the ball up. He has a good scope of what's going on around him and he can kick the ball out. Now, 
The reason why that hasn't been particularly successful or not successful enough is because he passes the ball out and whoever catches the ball, instead of being ready to catch and shoot, it's more a case of catch, maybe take a side dribble or hold on to the ball for a second and then pass it to somebody else. Um, and then by the time it gets into Zach or DeMar's hands, the time has run down so far that it's a panic shot. If Vooch could rely on the person that he kicks that ball back out to, like Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, even Kobe, if he can kind of get into being more consistent as opposed to being streaky, because we know he can shoot from distance, um, and Zach, then that suddenly becomes a much more threatening offense. Because if he kicks that ball out and the player catching it is not afraid to put the shot up and shoots at a reasonable clip, straight away you become a more stretched offense and the defense has to work harder to cover the plays. That in itself is going to open up lanes for the likes of Zach and DeMar to move in or for the ball to pop back into Vooch and for him to hit his bunnies. I just think it always looks better and looked, looked better in the past when the ball goes into Vooch. Now, I'm not talking about having to post up play every time. I'm not talking about old school 90s and 80s basketball. The game has evolved. I know the game's about the three-point shot. But what I'm saying there is you're, you're creating a three-point shot through Vooch. Or it doesn't have to be a three. It can, he, can, he can pocket pass. He, like I say, he's a very capable passer of the ball. And I just think that Vooch is the key to making it all work. And... Um, and I've said that for a long time, and I know, you know, you tried to force me onto the Kobe train and you were right. And I've kind of, even though Vooch is incredibly frustrating for both of us, I've always kind of sided with Vooch. Mm. And I do think that he is incredibly, incredibly important to how this team works. Yeah. Um, and something else that actually came out yesterday on Vooch, well, while we're on Vooch was, I think it was from Fadeaway Sports or some random site like that. They'd rated the top 25 centres <sighs> in the NBA. <laughs> uh, uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Anyway, go on. I, say, I know you've, you've read it. Obviously, I shared it on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. And how I posed it was, where would you rate Vooch on this list? Bearing in mind, there's people like Zach Collins, um, uh, Duran or whatever his name is from Pistons, Dwight Powell, you know, some big name centres out there. They were on the list. They were low on the list, granted. So when you look at it, you'd go, you think, oh, where's Vooch on the list then? Top 10, maybe even pushing the top five. Yeah. yeah, depending how much of a Bulls fan or a Vooch fan this guy is that's writing it. No, not even that high. Not even top 15, not even the top 20, not even the top 25. <laughs> just, yeah, absolute bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as I said on Twitter today in response to it, it's just downright disrespectful. Um, yeah. I, I hope that whoever wrote it just forgot to, to look at the balls altogether because Drummond's not on the list either. Um, <laughs> do you know, so maybe when he was going through his, his list of NBA teams, thinking about all the big players that are there, the big, you know, the number five centres, um, maybe he accidentally skipped over Chicago Bulls altogether and that's why Vooch and Drummond don't get a mention. And and I'm going to take that little morsel and I'm going to use that as my only, only excuse for um, why they've been omitted from the list, particularly Vooch. Um, but yeah, it, it's, if it, if it was a, a conscious decision to not include them on the list, well, then to quote Damar, that guy don't know basketball. <laughs> yeah. And um, before we give our predictions, obviously, mm. the title of this episode is All Aboard the Vooch Train. And obviously, we had an interaction with Maria on Twitter mm -hmm. last week, I think it was, 
know I know Maria's a big Vooch fan and she gets at me quite a lot for my hatred. Not not hatred's too much of a strong word. My um displeasure with Vooch over the past few couple of seasons maybe. And I did say to her that I am quite happy to get off the Kobe train and board the Vooch train and drive the Vooch train for this year. You know, mm. for me, Kobe's got to that level where I don't need to be driving that train anymore. Everybody's on board that one. So, for me, I'm on board and I'm driving the Vooch train this year. So, there'll be no Vooch here. Mm, Depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But no, I'm uh, I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to try to um, form my own opinions rather than following the narratives. And for that very reason, my predicted grade for Vooch, I'm going to go A-. minus. Okay. You know, taking into account everything I've just said, I think he's the most important player on the team. The reliability factor, the um, the fact that his game is going to age well because he's not the most mobile of players. He's not. He can be, as we saw mm-hmm. that when he killed that Timberwolves player last year. You know, yeah, which is in our intro, <laughs> and. Something else that I liked from him last year was we started to see a bit of emotion from him. Mm. He, he seems like a player that's, I think it's that typical Eastern European sort of vibe of I'm serious, I'm I'm here to to kill people sort of thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, we saw him flipping the bird, we saw him punching chairs, arguing with Pat Bev you know there's that whole the gif that goes around where he's got the ball and it yeah that's the one <laughs> <laughs> you know so I like that and I think he's a it's a very um, I can't think what I'm trying to say like underrated side to Vooch in a way I think he's got more personality than he, he gives over there's mm-hmm. more personality to him in the locker room that we don't see. And I think, hopefully, we maybe see it a bit more, or we don't see it a bit more, but they see it a bit more in the locker room this season. And he becomes a quiet leader. And I think, like I say, that's why I'm going to go with the A- minus for him. OK, very good. I like it. Um I'm going to bring it down a notch, but only a notch. Um, I have him at a B plus, and I'll tell you for why. Moving uh, to um, the normal, normal seats on the train, then. Well, you know, no, premium economy, not quite <laughs> economy, not quite business. Um, yeah. So the reason for it is, I do think that this is going to be Zach's year as we discussed discussed on a previous uh, pod. And for that reason, I think he will have to defer slightly to Zach. And that's why I'm just bringing it slightly down. But um, I think he could quite easily climb up, even as high as an A, um, if he if he has a particularly strong season. But I do think that he'll just defer that little bit to, to Zach in order for Zach to take prime position within this team. And that's the only reason why I'm marking him down to a B plus. Plus also, the only other thing would be that Billy has another season of underutilizing him and not using him correctly, um, which unfortunately is always potentially going to be the case. But I'm kind of hoping that his stint in the World Cup will have opened up um, the right eyes and maybe made Billy kind of think, actually, that I can see what potential we can get out of uh, Vooch now if we use him just a little bit differently than we have been. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that, to be fair. But if Maria is listening, there you go. I'm I'm on the Vooch train. He's moving his way back. <laughs> no, I'll still come up and help you stoke the fire and throw a few coals into the fire when you need me to. Don't worry. 
So yeah, uh, that's that leaves us with a few players. I think three players to do next week. Now, right to round out our player predictions, and then we'll probably give our team predictions and all that at some point next week if we get around to it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I've got nothing else. I don't know if you have. No, I don't think so. No, you're very uh, eager to get off to work. Well, I'm already at work. As you can see, I'm dropping my uh, iPad here now. I'm already at work. Uh, I'm just trying to keep an eye on two flights I've got coming in. So <laughs> yeah. if you see me looking down a lot, I'm not being rude. I'm just watching the radar. Yeah, well, I'm um, I'm, I'm ready for bed. I'm starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow morning, and it's now nearly 11, so i best get some yeah. sleep. Um, I'm planning on hopefully heading home around about the time you'll be starting. Yeah, so that's a little insight into our our lives. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know we we're, we're not just um, professional podcasters. We do have <laughs> other jobs. <laughs> yeah, real real jobs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as always, everybody, thanks for listening um, or watching, whatever you tend to do. And as always, or as usual, I've been Matt. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt C. Red UK, And you can find us on all the socials at C. Red UK. And you can find me on Twitter at Neil C. Red UK. On behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please subscribe, rate and review and give us that thumbs up on YouTube. From Matt and myself, remember, it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. So until next time, see red, people. Percolator. Percolator.